This is Mandite and the Apprentice Mage, Book One of the Mandite Chronicles, written and narrated by Stu Venable. Chapter 26 After Xavier and I said our goodbyes, and he made me promise to write our mother, I headed back to the Bonnie Scarecrow to prepare for my voyage home. Kidal and Dale sat in the dining room, obviously well sated from their trip to the dodgier part of town. They were drinking ale and picking at their lunch when I sat down. "'What's next, Mundite?' Kidal said. "'I'm going to head home, I think,' I said. "'Are you sure you have to?' Dale asked, looking at my new patents of magic, which I sat on the table. "'I do, at least for a while. Most of my possessions are there, including my library,' I explained." "'Mind if I come along?' Kadal asked. "'Not at all. I wouldn't mind the company,' I said, smiling. "'My life on Ikota Isle had been lonely since I was the only mage there. "'Most of the people I interacted with there were business associates, not friends. "'Not to mention the fact that everyone else was either a pirate, former pirate, "'or someone who catered to pirates.' "'What about you, assassin?' Kadal teased. "'You want to come, too?' "'Where is your home?' she asked. Ikota Isle. It's one of the outer isles, I explained. It's quite nice. Never snows. Only the occasional rainstorm. Maybe. I think I've had my last contract for a while, she mused. She seemed melancholy, but I knew better than to ask why. After much cajoling from Kadal, Dale agreed to join us. We agreed to book passage as soon as possible. Once I was in my room, I remembered the coin purse Xavier had given me. I opened it to discover that there was gold in there. In fact, there was nothing but gold. It was a literal fortune. The next morning, I announced to Kadal and Dale that I would go find us passage and that they should enjoy themselves at the Bonnie Scarecrow. I settled my account with Basil and gave him a little extra to take care of Kadal and Dale while I was gone. I then headed to the docks, but not the outer docks. I went to Eldamy. It took me most of the day to find what I was looking for, and by the time I returned, it was time for dinner. Basil had laid out before us a veritable feast, filled with puddings and roasted vegetables, and dominating the table was a whole roasted piglet. "'I booked us a ship,' I announced as the others ate. "'What's her name?' Kadal asked. "'I don't know, but she's due here tomorrow.' "'She's in the Eldamy docks now, but they'll stop here,' I said. Kadal and Dale looked at each other. "'You don't know the name of the ship? "'Are you sure there is a ship? "'I think you got robbed,' Kadal said. "'Same here,' Dale added. "'I didn't get robbed,' I insisted. "'I just didn't get the name.' Kadal dropped his fork and said, "'You, Mandite, are an amateur.' "'If you say so,' I said with a smile." The next morning demonstrated how much of a fortune Xavier had given me. As we arrived at the docks, the temporary crew was mooring my ship to the dock. Yes, my ship. She was a twin-masted vessel. I believe the man I purchased her from called her a caravel. She had eight twelve-pound guns on the deck and a good-sized hold, rube for plenty of cargo. There she is, I said, pointing to my newest purchase as we approached. Kadal walked back and forth along the deck, surveying her with an experienced eye. There's no name on the stern. 
Even pirates name their ships. Who the hell runs this boat? he demanded. I do. Well, actually, you do, if you will be her captain for me, I said. What? Kidal said. He bought a boat, but he's too clever to just say it, Southerner, Dale said, immediately piecing all the facts together. Exactly right, I declared, extending my arms to present the ship. Kidal guffawed and clamored aboard. He started at the stern and slowly made his way forward, inspecting every inch of the new vessel. She's in good shape and well maintained. She'll serve us well, Kidal finally declared. She better be. She's new, I called to him. Dale and I stood at the bottom of the gangway. Permission to come aboard, Captain, I shouted. Permission granted, he laughed. Once we were all aboard, I presented Kidal with papers. This states that you are 25% owner of this vessel, I said, handing him the papers. I produced a second set and handed them to Dale. And here are yours, 25% as well. Thank you, Mage. That's very generous of you, she said. She was honestly surprised. Kidal simply gave me a gigantic hug. She needs a name, Dale said. I've been racking my brain, but I can't think of an appropriate name, I said with a sigh. The Terror, Kidal said. No, this won't be a pirate vessel. Legitimate cargo only, I said sternly. I was done consorting with pirates. That sounds boring, Kidal said. We could do with some boring, Dale said. Kidal nodded in agreement. The silence, Dale suggested. I frowned at her. Unless we're all going to die and turn her into a ghost ship, I don't think so, I said. Well, pick a name. You own half of her, Dale said. No, I don't. I own 25%, I said. Who owns the other 25%, the financier? Kidal asked. No, we own it outright, paid in full, I declared. Then who owns the other quarter, Dale demanded. Jass, I'll send a messenger with her share of the profits, I said. That'll give her a leg up on life, Dale said. If we can keep her profitable, that is. I got it, Kidal said. What's that? I asked. The name. Let's call her The Apprentice, he said. I smiled broadly as tears welled up in my eyes, but I didn't bother hiding them. That is a grand name, I said happily. A grand name indeed. Epilogue. Kidal spent the rest of the day interviewing and hiring crewmen, and the next morning we set sail for home, but I informed Captain Kidal that we needed to make a detour to Lover's Isle. Kidal, Dale, and I made it to my magically concealed cottage there, and we entered. The ornate mirror was just where I left it. Let's get out of here, Kidal said, preparing for some heavy lifting. Not just yet. I need to check something, I said. That covered object in the cavern in the watch cave was a mirror as well. The enchantment seemed familiar, but I couldn't remember where I'd seen it before. It was probably this mirror, Kidal said. No, I don't think so. I think it was one of those orbs, I said, walking over to the small wooden chest. I looked at each of the orbs while calling the force of magic. The intricate tendrils of their ancient enchantments became visible, and one stood out as familiar. It's this one, I said, carefully picking up the glass orb. Within the glass I could see swirling gold smoke. I wonder, I mused, placing the orb in the small holder to the right of the mirror.
Suddenly, our images disappeared from the mirror, as did the interior of my cottage. It had transformed the mirror to a dull silver surface, but it now showed no reflection. What did you do? Kadal asked. I have no idea, I said, reaching out to touch the surface of the mirror, and much to my surprise, my hand went through it and disappeared. Interesting, I said. Dale and Kadal looked at me cautiously. I pulled my hand out, and it was unharmed. I gave a shrug and stuck my head through. I don't believe it, I said once I pulled my head out of the mirror. What? they both asked. Follow me, I said, then I walked through the mirror. Dale and Kadal cautiously followed. Are you kidding me? Dale exclaimed. Kadal was laughing so hard he had to sit on the stone floor of the cavern, the very same cavern where we were held prisoner by Maroleth. We had emerged from my mirror on Lover's Isle to the mirror in the corner of the cavern in the watch cave. This would have come in handy, Dale said, glaring at me with fury. Yes, it would have, I thought. Now I understood why Cardinal Mage Basma was transporting his mirror to Eldamy. He knew, or at least suspected, that one of the orbs was tied to the mirror in the watch cave. That whole ordeal could have been avoided. Basma could have sent assassins, mages, soldiers, anyone he liked, through this mirror to take out Maroleth. He could have tossed a lit powder keg through and just blown up Maroleth's undead guards. Kadal's laughter ceased as he came to the same conclusion. I had no way of knowing this, I said hastily. We were in a hurry when we dropped it off here. If I had known, believe me, we would have used it, I promise you. Dale still scowled at me. Perhaps she had been informed of Basma's plan. Word of Basma's death had finally reached Eldamy just prior to our departure. One day, you're going to have to tell me how you came into possession of that mirror, Dale said accusingly. What makes you think I'll ever have to tell you anything, assassin? I said. This exchange was familiar, but the roles were reversed. I had once pried into her mysterious past, and now she was prying into mine. She eyed me suspiciously. Very well, she said finally. I looked around the cavern. The bodies of the undead guards had been removed, along with Torum's remains, though the thousands of bones on the floor remained. "'You think the other orbs lead to other places?' Kidal asked. "'Probably,' I said. "'The enchantments on that golden orb stood out as somewhat similar to the ones on the mirror. "'The others are probably tied to other mirrors,' I suggested. "'Where do you think they lead?' Dale asked. "'That's a good question.' "'And one will answer when we and that mirror are safe on Ikota Isle,' I said. "'This will be exciting,' Kadal said. "'Not too exciting, I hope.'" The End I hope you've enjoyed this audio production of Mandite and the Apprentice Mage, Book One of the Mandite Chronicles. If you would like to find out more about my writing, go to stewvenable.com.